The Lord is good. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord Jesus. We worship you, Lord. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord Jesus. As we get in the service this morning, that's actually a song by Jacqueline Carr titled Bigger. To her credit and to God's glory. Hallelujah. Well, with hands lifted up, let's give God thanks. Give God thanks because he's bigger than every problem, bigger than every mountain. Anything that stands before you shall bow. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. The Bible declares to us that every mountain shall bow before the mountain of the Lord. For the Lord is good and his mercies endure forever. Let's worship the Lord in the beauty of holiness. We magnify you. We glorify you. We give you honor. We give you glory. We give you praise. In the name of the Lord Jesus. In the name of the Lord Jesus. I want you to see every name bow. Every knee bow. The Bible says at the mention of the name of the Lord Jesus. Every knee shall bow. And every tongue shall confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. To the glory of the living God. Hallelujah. Give him praise somebody. Give him worship. Magnify the Lord. Bless the Lord. Bless the Lord. Bless the Lord. Bless the Lord. Somebody bless the Lord. I want you to see that sickness bow in the knee. I want you to see that problem bow in the knee. I want you to see that name bow in the knee to the name of the Lord Jesus. To the name of the Lord Jesus. Hallelujah. 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 Give him praise. Give him praise. Give him praise. Audio team, worship team, cut a song. Give him praise. Thank you. Hallelujah. 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 Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Just fade out. Just fade out. That means cut the song. Kill the song if that helps you. Thank you. God bless you. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord Jesus. 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 You can never get tired of thanking him. Thank you, Lord Jesus. The Bible says that by prayer and thanksgiving, let your request be made known unto God. Most of the time we pray, but one thing we forget to do is to give him thanks. People can bring their problems to God and talk about their problems to God, but forget to give him thanks. You can never cry through your prayers when you are giving thanks. You give thanks because of what God has done. You give thanks because God watches over you. You give thanks because God is God. Your problem is not God. Nothing is bigger than your God. Let the Lord be magnified. Let the Lord be magnified. Who delights in the prosperity and the well-being the peace, the joy, the victory, the triumph of his people. We thank you that you inhabit 
our praises. Prove yourself strong, O oh God, in the behalf of the house of God, the people of God, the church of the Lord Jesus Christ. I ask, Father, to stretch forth your mighty hands and touch lives, touch your people. Heal the sick, O oh Lord, deliver the oppressed in the name that is above every name. The name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, Yeshua HaMashiach, Son of the living God. Lord, we love you. We thank you. We bless you. In Jesus' name. And God's people all around the world and in the sanctuary here in Clinton, Maryland, USA said, Amen. Hallelujah. Yes, give the Lord a shout of praise. Bless the name of the Lord. We bless the name of the Lord. God bless you. It's good to see many more of you uh, in the sanctuary. And, and those of you out there around the world, welcome to World Missions Ministries uh, broadcast of our church service. Our members in the DMV, get out of your beds and come to church in person. Amen. Can you say amen if you're in World Missions? <laughs> All our members, World Missions Ministries in Virginia, Maryland, and the District of Columbia. Get out of church, your, your houses and come to church. Come in person. Amen. Praise God. Probably apart from uh, Mr. and Mrs. McLean, to whom I've spoken, I think the rest of you can actually come to church. They'll come later. Amen. But in-person services have began. So if the devil has crippled you with laziness or procrastination, you need to set yourself free. Get up and come to church. Amen. God bless you. I'll be teaching the next three weeks, following on on the message that God has given myself and Reverend Janice Davis. I'm telling you, Last week, I don't know if I can say this in church, but she was off the chain. It was just awesome. Amen. Oh, come on, people. Give the Lord praise. Hallelujah. Praise God. So you need to get the message from last week and what I preached the, the week before that. That would be two weeks ago. All right. So I'm continuing that. At the end of the, the service, uh, the teaching, Two weeks ago, I said there was more. There was more. And so we're going to pick up from there and continue today and for the next three weeks. God is doing something. We want to make sure that you get established in what God is doing so that everything you expect will manifest. Amen. So looking today at the God of great expectations, the God of Great expectations. God bless you. Let's all be seated in the presence of God. That includes myself. Amen. Praise the Lord. All right. Hallelujah. Isn't God good? All right. So those of you who were in the service two weeks ago, you know we ended at Philippians 1, 19 through 25. If you're joining with us, like uh, a, a beloved brother, God bless you. So good to see you, sir. Amen. 
I have known you for maybe what? 20 years and you have not changed one bit. Praise the Lord. Amen. You look good. You and your precious wife welcome from the Dominican Republic. You're here now. Pray. What, just when I was coming to visit you. Amen. Amen. God bless you. All right. All right. Welcome, welcome, welcome back home. Praise the Lord. And welcome to you around the world. I'm Pastor Anthony Turkson, and it's my pleasure to do what I was gifted to do, to teach God's word. Amen. I can't do anything mechanical, but this one I can do by the grace of God. And I pray that you partake of the grace of God on my life. Amen. Amen. If, I, if I'm permitted to say this, I, I met, I think I met Reverend Janice probably at a export import bank Bible study, right? Washington, D.C. And she was already obviously born again, spirit-filled, a great attorney, was established in the word of God. But I'm telling you, there till just the way God is using her now is awesome. Isn't that right? It's just amazing. Amen. So you just need to really uh, follow her ministry because you will triumph in Christ. Amen. Through the grace of God on her life. And I said that you're going to see how I'm going to weave that into today's message. I said that to say that, uh, to say this, God is a God of great expectations. God had a great expectation of transforming lives and changing lives through the life of Reverend Janice. And so there was something that God needed to build into her life. At least for me, back when God caused our paths to, you know, caused us to cross paths. And a God of great expectations established his graces in her life so that God would change lives through her ministry. Can, can you just see that? At least for those of you whose lives have been impacted through her ministry, that was God's plan. It was not Janice's ministry. It's not my ministry. It's not what I'm thinking. It is, I just need for you to see this, that we are, we are, like, we are like chess pieces on a chess board. And God, so he is the master planner. He's moving us. Amen. He called me and he shot me out as a fairy arrow into the darkness of this world. And he said, when you go, you let my people know this. The darkness of Satan's power is over. And the true light of Jesus shines so brightly. I want you to go and do an apostolic work. Help people discover their calling and fulfill their destiny. Build people up through my word. Amen. So that they can touch those you cannot touch. That's God's expectations of saving people, of healing people, of delivering people. God is at work. Amen? Bringing to pass his plans, his purposes for your life. And they are good. They are for your future. They are for your well-being. They are to give you an expected end. And it will not fail. God will not fail. Amen. All we need to do really is to find out the keys that he has provided in the word. Keys that he has, he has provided in the word to help us 
apply those keys in working together with God to fulfill his expectations. Because as we see in the Bible, God does not work in isolation from us. God works together with us. We are co-laborers together with God. Amen. God is the one who is at work in us. He's at work, but he's at work in us. There is an us. All the promises of God in Christ are yes, because Christ is the yes of God. Christ is the amen of God. Did you know one of Jesus' names is actually amen? Yeah, the book of Revelation tells us that. Amen. His name is amen. Amen means so be it. He brings to pass God's purposes. God wanted to deliver us, to redeem us. And the person who came to do that on earth was Christ. He died to save us. And all God's promises are yes. That is whatever God said will come to pass. It will be fulfilled. When God promises something, that means he has a dream. He has a plan. He has an expectation. He has a desire. Do you get it? He has a purpose, something he wants to do. And that expectation will not be cut off. At this point, I'm not even talking about your expectation. I'm talking about God's expectation. Then he puts that expectation in your heart as a desire. You understand that? He puts that expectation in your heart as a desire. You desire it. Amen. You desire something. The desire of all nations shall come. That's Christ. We desire salvation. We desire eternal life. Even heathen people want to live forever. Historically, kings, great men have always wanted to live forever. Yes, yes. In some heathen places, when the king died, they killed other people to go and serve the king in the afterlife. People have always known that it is not only in this world that we have hope. And Paul writes and says, if it is only in this world that we have hope in Christ, we are of all men most miserable. There is an afterlife. There is a resurrection. There is a life after here. Even heathen people know that. And so, yes, they do a wrong thing. You know, they kill people to go and serve the king in the afterlife, which is wrong. There, were, there, were, there was a heathen group in Corinth that actually baptized living people for their family members who had died. Yes, if a family member died, was dead, they got a living family member, a relative, and baptized a relative in water in the hope that the, baptize, the baptism of the living person in water for the relative, on the behalf of the relative, could push the relative out of hell or whatever waiting place they were in, especially if they were an evil person, you know, then their loved ones wished that they wouldn't burn in hell or whatever, but they would be in a happy place. So they had this practice of baptizing people. Not, not Christian baptism. Somebody, one of the elders has to address the workers back there, please. I can hear them in church. One of the elders, take care of it now, please. Thank you. Pastors, please. That means one of, please, 
Yeah, thank you. Tell them to keep their voices down. Thank you. We, church, we, we have church service. Have to res- they have to respect what's going on here. Thank you. Otherwise, just shut it down. And they, we, they can come later. Thank you very much. All right. Okay. I apologize. Okay. Now, where am I? Let's go to Philippians 1. I, I really apologize. This is a bad idea. Please don't schedule, don't, don't ever schedule any work during church service. Thank you. I wish I'd known. Can anybody remind me that my last thought, apart from telling the workers <laughs> to stop? All right, so uh, the baptism, right? Yeah, thank you. Uh, this is from the scriptures. Paul actually used what I'm saying. He used it as his uh, defense or, if you would, like a lawyer in court you know, using evidence in the natural to support his case. This is Paul, all right? Paul is proving at one point, he's saying that the resurrection of Jesus is true, is real. He's saying there is a resurrection. And some people in Corinth were like, what are you talking about? So Paul says, okay, hold on, hold on. Just don't even deal with what I'm saying, that Christ was resurrected. Let's hold off on that. Paul then says to to them, you guys, you know, in your town, you had a group of prominent people, and in this tribe, or these these people, heathen people, who, when their relatives die, they find a family member, and they baptize the family member in water, on, on the behalf of the dead relative who was like a wicked person, that you guys are really not sure that he's going to a good place. And because he's your loved one, you want them to go to a good place, so you baptize a living relative in the behalf of the dead person in the hope that that will push them out of purgatory or limbo or hell or wherever it is they are into paradise. They used to do that. So Paul is like an attorney. He says, you guys do this. The fact that you do it tells me and tells you that in your conscience and in your spirit, in your subconscious, you know that there is life after death. God has set eternity in the hearts of men. We all know that this is not it. Like, you know, 150 years on that, this is not it. There's, there's life after here. And you better make sure while you are alive that you have a ticket for your destination, eternal destination. According to the scriptures, that ticket is Jesus Christ. The airline is Jesus Airlines. (laughs) Amen. The passport is born again. Praise God. The pathway is the blood of Jesus. The portal through which you enter into eternity 
It's Jesus Christ and his blood. That's what the Bible teaches. But it is true that all over the world, people generally believe this, that there's life after we leave here. Whether you go to church or not, because you just know in your heart that there's a God who made you. Even if you call yourself an atheist, that's why you fight it. Because <laughs> your spirit tells you somebody is greater than you. If your spirit judges you, then God who created the spirit, who is higher than your spirit, has a law that is speaking, which is higher than even the, the law of your own mind or your own conscience. Did you catch that? Amen? Philippians 1, please. Philippians 1. Thank you, Jesus. The God of great expectations. We looked at verse 19, but I'm going to start from 18. Excuse me. Um, Philippians 1. I'm going to start from verse 18. 18. Thank you, Jesus. Praise the Lord. Philippians 1.18, please. What then? Only that in every way, whether in pretense or in truth, Christ is preached. And in this, I rejoice. We didn't read verse 18 when I first started this message that's become a series. We read the next verse, which is 19. But I went to 18 because of this reason. In the, the version that I'm reading, the last part of verse 18 says, Christ is preached. And in this... I rejoice. I went there for that. That Christ is preached. And because Christ is preached, I do what? I rejoice. So the two main points there in verse 18, the last part of verse 18, that's easy for all of us to follow. They are this. One, who is preached? Christ. Yes? And two, that makes him do what? Rejoice. So two points. Keep in mind. Christ, the preaching of Christ. It says Christ is preached and I rejoice. Hallelujah. When you, you go home, take time to read the verses before that, and you only see you only see why 
Christ being preached is important to him. I'm going to teach today. But devil is a liar. Praise God. Christ is preached. Amen. Whether there's noise or not, Christ is preached. <laughs> I refuse to be distracted today. Christ is preached. Here in this context, Paul was talking about that some people, people preach Christ out of envy. Some people preach Christ out of strife. You'd be shocked that some people preach Christ because they are competing with you. Yeah. Today it happens. And it happened back in Paul's time. And Paul says, you know what? I'm just happy that Christ is preached. Amen. Let's do that. Let's do it. Um, let's go to... Let me just go to verse 12. I'm going to read from verse 12. I want you to know, brothers, that the things which happened to me have resulted in advancing the gospel. So that my imprisonments in Christ have become known throughout the entire palace guard and to all the rest. He is in Rome and Caesar's palace has been impacted by the gospel. <laughs> Paul has been imprisoned and yet the gospel is going on. Verse 14, and a great many of the brothers in the Lord haven't become confident because of my incarcerations, somebody's in prison and they are confident. Have dared to speak the word without fear. 15. Some indeed are preaching Christ out of envy and strife. What you are about and what you do, some people will copy you because they admire what you're doing. Praise God. Some people will copy you because you train them. Or they are associated with you and your anointing rubs off on them. That's fine. But other people will copy you because they envy you. It happens today. It happens today. Now, be like Paul. Don't let it bother you. Don't let it bother you. Just be you and do you. Paul says, the good thing is this. Christ is preached. Amen. He started a church right on this corner and they bought the plot next to you, not because they couldn't find any other place, but just to compete with you. Let's, that's just an example. Just don't be bothered. Just be you. Just do you. You get it? Okay. 15. Some indeed are preaching Christ out of envy and strife, and some also from goodwill. The former preach Christ out of contention, pride. Isn't that odd? <laughs> Yeah, it's a love message, but they're doing it out of contention. It's kind of like all the Christians in America, not all, everybody, but all the Christians in America who are fighting the other Americans who are not Christians. That's not the gospel. I think some of you don't get it or haven't thought of it. It's, it's not God. If you listen to the rhetoric going on, the people we're supposed to go and save, whether we call them liberals, Democrats, the, the, the Dems, you've heard the Dems, right? It's a thing now in America, the Dems. I don't know who started it. 
the depths, like there are some evil, strange, strange things, you know, from, I don't know, who are trying to destroy our country. What do you think they are? They are, they are what? They're not part of the country. They're not Americans. When you listen to the rhetoric, it's very poisonous. It's deadly. It's dangerous. We're getting to be like Hitler's days. It is dangerous. Americans turning against Americans. I'm, talking, I'm not speaking to the world. I'm speaking to Christians. Just like you go to Ghana, it's the same thing. You have, they have two dominant parties, NPP and NDC. And you have Christians in both parties who turn against. It's just ridiculous. We are Christians. You're going to vote. Fine. But we are Christians. <laughs> You know, as pastors, we have leadership and we have responsibility in the community to advise the people. But now we are even at a point where it's dangerous to talk about this thing. Like, you know, we don't want to wear masks. We put on masks. You can talk about it. People will stop coming to church because they are like, well, I don't like this position. I don't like that position. When in fact, what you're trying to talk about is the medical aspect, the health aspect, the safety aspect. You're not taking any political sides. Ladies and gentlemen, let's get ourselves out of this place. It's not of God. We think we're preaching for Christ and, and we're ready to kill in the name of Christ. We're no different from the Pharisees and the Sadducees. You're not supposed to hate the Democrats. If you're a, you're a Christian, you're a Republican, you're not supposed to hate them. You're supposed to love your enemies. If you consider them enemies, you're supposed to love your enemies. That is the, I'm not talking to unbelievers. I'm talking at this point to born again Christians. If you call yourself a child of God, you're supposed to love your enemies. I know some of you might stop coming to church just because I'm preaching this. And this is how bad it is. This is just, just, just how we're no longer kingdom-minded. You love your political party more than you love Jesus Christ. I'm not talking to unbelievers. I'm addressing born-again believers, and I'm challenging you to repent. You will see today, some of you have lost the joy of the Lord. You are angry Christians. There is no joy in your life. Baptized in vinegar, ready to kill the Democrats. Some of you are praying that, uh, what's, what's the state movies are made out of in America? California. Some of you are praying that California will fall into the ocean. Christians are praying that there will be an earthquake. You know where the San, San Andreas Fault is supposed, supposed, supposedly is? That there's going to, Christians praying. You, you don't know this? I'm a kid, you know, I'm not making this up. Is there anybody who's heard this? Yes. There are Christians, some Christians, praying that there'll be an earthquake. The San Andreas fault, yes, yeah, going to open up. And California will fall in the ocean. It will no longer be. So that Hollywood will be gone. And all those carnal people and all those evil people trying to destroy our country. Like, like they are not Americans. What do you think makes you more an American than them? Because what? Because you are born again? Born again has nothing to do with America. Born again is Jesus Christ.
screaming against people. No joy. Give yourself headache, high blood pressure. No joy. Then you raise children who begin to think, man, this thing is weird. Why are mom and dad so hateful? <laughs> they're at an age, maybe they can't talk to you about it. But they'll rebel because you're not training them the way they should go. Your way is devilish. Your way is carnal. Your way is hateful. And they'll rebel. You probably don't think about it. It's mean. You know, for the most part, children are very pure. If they have a friend, they just play with a friend. They don't care about the color. And it just, that's just my friend. Then the adults start teaching them. Well, we are in school with them, but we don't go with them. And the child is like, what do you mean we don't go with them? And the child's confused, doesn't get it. But you're doing it intentionally, trying to sow seed. That when you get to 18, 19, don't date them. That's devilish. That is devilish. <laughs> That's not Christ. That's devilish. You're no different from Hitler's spirit. No different. I know it hurts. It's no different. Ah, I probably won't love you much, but thank you. Love you back. <laughs> so Philippians 1, watch this. Paul went through this. He's in jail. Instead of some of the Christians praying him out of jail or God bless you, whatever, they're preaching to get him in trouble. Your own brother in Christ. And you know his position, he says, hey, Christ is preached, I rejoice. He kept his joy. <laughs> He said, I refuse to hate the Democrats. I refuse to hate the Republicans. I refuse to hate NPP, NDC, or whatever country you are in. You know, I, I preach Christ, and I want Christ to touch everybody. The people gasping for breath, their life, in a, in a metro train flooded in China. And Christians say, it's the judgment of God. No, sir, it's not. Your children are listening. And I guarantee if you don't stop, they'll rebel. And now you come to you and say, Pastor, we need to fast and pray for my child's deliverance. No, it's not the devil. It's you. You caused that. They saw that hate and they don't like it. They, they are like, no, that can't be Christ. That can't be God. It's like before I really committed my life to Christ, I knew what was not of God. I knew. I, I knew it. In my life, I knew what was not of God. And as I observe, I knew things that, yeah, yeah, that challenges me. That's, that's like, that's love. That's Christ. And I, I wish I could do that. What's stopping me? And the Spirit of Christ came in. To help me not living like that. Let's be real. We all know what's going on in this country. Let's talk about it. It's like racism. Everybody says, I'm not racist. Yet it continues. 
You ever notice that? That most people will say, I'm not racist. So, so why do we have it? Somebody's lying. <laughs> uh, and I'm not talking to the world. I'm talking to Christians, born-again people. The world, no, I can't handle that. But Christians, yeah, supposed to live by this word. Okay, well. So verse 18, Christ, oh, no, 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 let's, let's read from 15. I'll continue. Um, no, no, 16. The former preached Christ out of contention, not sincerely, intending, watch this, intending to add trouble to my circumstances. <laughs> Can you imagine people preaching to get you into more trouble? It's like your best friend, you confided in your best friend that you and your husband are having problems in your marriage. Your best friend is just telling on, other, telling on you to other people how rotten you are and you're not taking good care of him or her, whatever the situation may be. And, you know, maybe you just ought to lose, then you'll see. It happens. I mean, not you. I know sometimes when I teach, you all look so strange, like, I can't believe that that happens. I'm telling you, it happens. Just take it from me. There are people like that in the world, not you. So avoid such. Amen? Because you see, that person, that friend who is confiding in you about the marital problems they have, they have an expectation for their marriage. That it would be harmonious, it would be peaceful. They, peaceful. they have an expectation. When you look in the Bible and you see the picture of what marriage is supposed to be like, and you join God and you join that covenant, you expect it to have that. But somehow you're not having it. So, Everything in you rejects that, rebels. It's like when you're sick in your body. You're not happy. Who is happy when they're sick? Nobody. Because God didn't make us to be sick. So everything in us fights it. Are you following me? Yeah, I'm talking about the God of great expectations. The word expectation is hope. God has great hope for you. And he puts that in your heart. And you desire harmony, you desire peace, you desire joy, you desire prosperity, you desire health, you desire to know God, you desire to have significance in life. Because when God created you, he created you in his image and likeness and crowned you with glory. Glory means significance. So when, so when somebody marginalizes you, disrespects you, puts you down because you're female, everything in you rebels against it. Or you're black, or you're brown, or you're whatever. Something in you says no. Because your spirit that came from God knows this must not be. And when you have a prayer partner, that prayer partner is supposed to support you to pray you into God's expectation for your life. Not gossip about you, but pray you into it. That's why you need to have the right partners. Amen. Not people taking over by the Democratic Party or taking over by the Republican Party. Get out of that spirit. It's not of God. It's not. And God has given you a calling in the ministry. Please stay on course. Don't get diverted. At some point, you see people change from kingdom ministry to 
and they start bringing a little bit of that in. You watch it like, I've been following some people's ministry, and you're like, wait a minute, something's changing. Then they start bringing experts on, who are an expert in this area, the history of America, the history of this, and, and then they start talking about, ah, you know, something is changing. I'm talking about the house of God. I'm not talking about history class in college. <laughs> Go into the whole world and preach the gospel. The whole world preach the gospel of God's grace of Jesus Christ to everybody. Everybody. Amen. So, the floods, they are not God's judgment. Floods in China, they are not God's judgment. Floods in Europe, they are not God's judgment. Recent fires in, in the West, in America, they are not God's judgment. They are not. you know how I know? Let me give you a scripture. Go to Romans 8, 19. Media, please put this on Romans 8, 19. Let me just show you. I'll come right back to Philippians, but let me show you this. Romans 8, 19. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Are you still here? All right, Romans 8, 19. The eager expectation King James says the earnest expectation of the creation waits for the appearance. The word appearance is the same as manifestation of the sons of God. Creation is waiting for what? The appearance. Come, appear, manifest of the sons of God. For the creation was subjected to futility, vanity. Not willingly. Not that they wanted it, desired it. But by the will of God, of him, who subjected it, subjected creation in what? My people, in hope. God has put creation in a prison, a good prison, a prison called a prison of hope. Amen. The valley of Achor is turned into the place of hope, of death. And destruction becomes a place of life and resurrection. The place of sickness and death. God says in that place, I want you to expect healing, life, and strength. In the place of a country going down, I want you to expect the lifting up of the nation. Amen. Still talk about creation. Let's go on. Verse 19. The eager expectation of creation waits for the appearance of the sons of God. Verse 20. For the creation was subject to futility. 
of vanity, not willingly, but by the will of God of him who subjected it in hope that creation itself, creation itself also, the natural creation itself also, will be what? Set free from its bondage or slavery to corruption. To enter, to come into, to access the glorious freedom of the children of God. Amen. Verse 22, we know. We know that the whole creation groans and travels in pain together until now. Creation is screaming out. We want to be liberated. Creation does not want to be used by the devil to destroy. <laughs> the floods and the fires. The forest fires. The forest does not want to be used by the devil to destroy lives. According to Romans 8. Did everybody see this? Does this sound like I'm making it up? Can you see that creation is subjected to hope? Expecting good. And then you got Christians saying, see, that's God using the floods to judge. 9-11. The, wall, the, the towers coming down. People said that was God judging America. But not unbelievers, Christians. Who's teaching, who's teaching these people? Who, who's teaching them? And you're raising children, listening, watching. And when they get to a place where they're considered to be adults, you know, in America, when, when you're 18, right? When can you vote? First of all, you drive when you're 16, yes? In America. Then you can vote when you're 18. And tw what is 21? You can buy alcohol. What changed? <laughs> you need to live by the wisdom of God. It's the world system. Uh, wisdom is whack. Wisdom of man is too low. You need to live by the wisdom of God. But anyway, they get to a certain age and they start thinking for themselves. And they're like, hmm, why are mom and dad, why were they always against that family, those neighbors? Was it because, you know, they, 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 they have an accent? Our children question that. They wonder. They wonder. Please. Please, 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 please don't do that to them, to your generations. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly. Admonishing one another in what? Tell me. In psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, making melody in your heart to God. What does that sound like? Have a joyful heart. Melody. 
in your heart to God. You ever had some melody that got you moving? It was sweet, wasn't it? It was pleasant. Yeah, that's why it got you moving. You were moving, didn't even realize it. Because this thing was moving you. It felt good. Are you catching this? It's not just a dry word. Colossians 3.16, let the word of Christ dwell in you richly. Admonishing out of the abundance of your heart, your mouth is speaking. Admonishing one another in songs, that songs. Pleasant songs. I feel good. Songs, psalms, hymns, spiritual songs. That's joy. Not bitterness, not hatred, not anger. So if you're full of the word, but no joy, something is wrong. Don't worry, it'll all come together as to how joy helps my expectations come to pass. You'll see it. It's all there. Probably for some of us, it's been the missing link. We've been doing everything else, but there's no joy. And so the breakthroughs are not coming. What you expect is not manifesting. You see, this is a series, and God is adding to, you know, each week we learn something. God adds to. Amen. Do you, do you realize that we have to actually understand God's word? We have to learn and understand how things work in the word of God. For most things in your life, you, under, you learn, you study, and you figure out how it works before you do it. Don't you get tested before you get a driver's license? Yeah, you, you, know, you have to learn how you do it. Amen. How many are going to go to a dentist to work on your teeth? Who never went to dentistry school? Who's not going through the boards or whatever they call it, but was a mechanic and just put on the door, I'm now a dentist. You going to go there? No. You, you want to make sure somebody examined them. And some board, some authority proved that, you know, they know, they know their stuff. Right? Somehow, when it comes to Christianity, we're turning all these kind of Bible studies, all these kind of, especially now the social media. Any, anybody starts something and you just follow and you don't check whether some board, they have gone through some study. They sat under somebody. They have gone through some probation. They have proven themselves. They know what they are talking about. In Christianity, we just think we can just, just, just anyhow. No, 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 it doesn't happen anyhow. No. God gives you his promise so you may boldly say what he said. Not what you think, but what he said. Not even what your church taught or what I taught, but what the Bible says. Yes. Amen. I was listening to Reverend uh, Janice last Sunday, and I was like, oh, that's the mod squad. I was like, that's the mod squad. I like that. When you give the MOD, meditate, observe, do. I was like, mod squad. I, I, I was putting those pieces together to help me remember. Because the first point that God gave to us was, you got to pray for a supply of the spirit of Christ to bring the release, to bring the deliverance so that what you expect will manifest. 
right? You need to find the word, the promise, and speak it, declare it, decree it, pray it, so that the Spirit of Christ will supply the anointing to destroy the yoke and push the word that is spoken or prayed into manifestation. That was the first major point. And then the Spirit of God came back the next week through Reverend Janice to tell us these three things. You got to meditate on the word of God. You got to keep it or observe it. Then you got to do that. So I, I was like, okay, so I got prayer. I got the mod squad. Right? And then the Lord was teaching me some things to come and teach. And I was like, okay, there's this expert, there's this expert. Lord, which one? And he gave me something two days ago. So I said, okay, all right. Okay, I can see it. But Lord, let me know exactly what people need to hear today. And this morning, what he had given me two days ago, he gave me another revelation to emphasize that I need to come and tell you that whatever you expect, keep going after it. What you expect, do what? Keep going after it. Pursue it. Fight for it. Do it again. Even if others have done it, you do you. You also do it. Do your part. Go after it. Pray for an open door. Plead for an open door. Whatever you do, keep at what God put in your heart. Keep at it, and it will come to pass. It will manifest. That, that's it. God just said, tell them that. Go and do it. Go and do it. Amen. I saw two people. This is just last night. One was a woman, and then the other was a young boy. And, and pleading with me, give me another opportunity. Give me another chance. Actually, I repented. You know. I got, I got this kid, you know. This kid. In years now, God just put him on my heart. I I met him on the street, just staying, living on the street, and, and I pick, put him in school. Man, the kid, the kid, his, his head is not, he just doesn't obey. He just, he, he stresses me out. I was like, then this man was like, give him another chance. Okay, okay, Lord, all right, I'll reach, I'll reach out to him. Because he wants to do weed, he wants to, you know, it's like, man, now I'm 60, I can't deal with this anymore, you know? <laughs> the, Lord, the Lord is like, give me another chance. I was like, wow. All right, all right, Lord, we're going to do this. Because I can't preach this to you without, you know, following up with what God said. Whatever you expect, go after it. So I have to help him with his expectations. He still can't do the weed, you know. Anyway, that's a father-son thing. Okay. Help me, Lord. Amen. Did you see what creation can do for us? Creation can assist us, yes? Creation is waiting for the manifestation of the sons of God. Amen. Let's go back to Philippians, please, chapter 1. 
The devil is a liar. Hallelujah. Praise God. Okay, Philippians 1. Please come to Philippians 1. 18. What then? Only, only that in every way, whether in pretense or in truth, Christ is preached. And in this I rejoice that Christ is preached. Verse 19. Indeed, I will rejoice. For I know that through your prayer and the su support or supply of the Spirit of Jesus Christ, this will result in my deliverance, my rescue, my salvation, my healing. So if you're looking for rescue or deliverance or healing, a breakthrough, whatever you're expecting. Okay, people, let's slow down. This will result in my deliverance. Do you see that he's expecting deliverance? Everybody sees this? I'm, ladies and gentlemen, at least in the church, I'm in Philippians 1.19. Do you see that he's expecting deliverance? Okay. Everybody out in the world, online, that speak, the writer here is expecting deliverance. Deliverance is rescue healing, salvation. He has an expectation that the bad will end, the good will come. Amen. Lord, the marriage isn't going well. I want deliverance. Lord, my career isn't going well. I expect things to change. You see, people have expectations. And actually, these expectations for Good things are put in us by God. He said the desire of the righteous shall be granted. People are like, do you mean every desire? He already told you. He said the desire of the righteous. Come on, people. Get your mind out of the gutter. He said the desire of the righteous. That means that the, the, that desire is a righteous desire. The righteous can't have an unrighteous desire. If you have a desire where you are under conviction, then that means the Spirit of God is telling you what you're thinking is carnal, or what you're desiring does not agree with God. Hello? The desire of the righteous shall be granted. That's it. Because he doesn't see you having any other desire but what he desires for you, what he put in your heart. Amen. We get it? Praise God. So California is not falling into the ocean. That is an unrighteous desire. It's satanic. It's demonic. And I rebuke it in Jesus' name. Amen. It's strange, but people around the world who can't wait to get into Ivy League schools. Then you got Christians in America, not all, but some who are critical of top, top level schools. Do you know that? There's actually an element in, in our country right now. Our country, I feel good saying our country. Because they want to tell me it's not my country. <laughs> 
when they hear my accent, they're like, it's not, you, it's, not, it's, not my, it's not your country. And they say, do you love our country? I rebuke that confession in Jesus' name. Where do you think you're from? Apart from Native Americans, you too, this is not your country. You came, your ancestors came from someplace. You know, generations later, my generations will say, oh, when our parents came from Africa, just like when your parents came from Europe. Same thing. Yes? This place belongs to Native Americans. That the system put on reservations. It's a demonic system that put them there. I rebuke that in Jesus' name. And I call Christian leaders to start fighting for deliverance, rescue for the people in the reservations who are praying this prayer. <laughs> Why? Why can't they pray that? Why can't they expect to have that too? Or you think they are not born again? Or they can't be born again? They're just heathen. That's why they lost their country. To the heathen people who came from Britain. Isn't that what has been taught? By the people who started the Masonic Temple. It was supposed to be the Christians who had slaves. Isn't that a narrative? It's not Christian. All right. So find the promise. Find the word of God according to verse 19 and pray it yourself. Then you need prayer partners according to Acts 4.23. Find your own company who will pray this with you for your deliverance so that your expectation will manifest. Amen. That's our first major point. Find the promise. Find the word of God and pray it so that the anointing of the Lord will destroy the yoke, remove the burden. You get that? Okay. Then the next one was you have to meditate on the word of God for the changing of your mentality, your mindset, so that you'll be transformed into a new person. Amen. You have to keep or observe what is written in the Bible. Because the only thing that God has promised to confirm is his word. God will not confirm what the them do. Whether the them are the them Democrats or the them Republicans or the them NPP, NDC or white supremacists or Black Panther or as an organization or whatever else. God won't confirm that. The only thing God will confirm, according to Jeremiah 1.12, is his word. Amen. Isaiah 55 says, the word that's gone out of God will not come empty to God. It will perform that which God sent the word to do. It will prosper in it. Healing will come. Salvation will come. Deliverance will come. What you are expecting, keep at it. And the breakthrough will come. I'm telling you, don't stop dreaming. Don't stop working. What you dreamt to accomplish 20 years ago, don't reduce it. God will do it. 
we'll pray today at the end, and we're going to use this to pray. I'm going to go into it right now. Because God will give you what in the Bible is called a 24-hour miracle. This is given to us. I'm not going to turn to it. Because I was going to just lead into prayer with it. This is given to us in 2 Kings chapter 7, where there was a time of famine, economic hardship, and also warfare. The Syrian army had surrounded the people of God, had besieged the people of God. So their food resources were exhausted. People are angry at the king. It's a horrible time, difficult time. They have nothing to eat. And the prophet of God, Elisha, comes on the scene, sent by God with a word from God. And the word of God is this. In 24 hours time, there'll be abundance. You have a deluge of abundance, of blessings. And people are like, wait a minute. What? I thought normally we have to sow. And then we got the rains to come. There may be three months, six months, nine months, a year. Some things won't grow until maybe three years or five years, whatever. And God says, this is my expectation for my people. You're not going to die of hunger. Your enemies are not going to destroy you. I will give you a breakthrough. So the prophet speaks it, declares it, pronounces it. What you do at a time like that, you say, amen. I receive it. For all the promises of God are yes and they are amen in Christ by us. By us. God needs you to say, Lord, I agree. Come on, people. That expectation that God put in your heart, that desire, that dream that you had 40 years ago, 30 years ago, that was from God. And all God needed for you to do is to say, yes, Lord. I agree. And I declare to you today, there shall be a performance of what was told you. Amen. Do you see that? Say amen. Then number two, not only will there be a performance of what was told you, but there'll be a performance of what was told you, which you believed. Not just what was told you, but what was told you, which you believed. Are you following this? It's not just that God said it and then it just fell. No, no, no. Somebody said, I receive. There has to be a heart that is soft, that is tender towards God. A heart that says, I receive. Not a hard heart. Not a judgmental heart, not a critical heart, not a hateful heart. For the word of God is sown by the sower on the soil. The soil that was hard ground did not bear fruit. The soil that was on the wayside, the birds of the air devoured it. The soil that was thorns. That is somebody who cares for the world instead of caring for the things of God. The thorns choked the word. But the soul that was a good heart 
bore fruit, some 30-fold, some 60-fold, and some 100-fold. And why do we have the three different categories of 30, 60, and 100? It's because the attention that you give to the word, you're going to receive from it. So if you only give 30-fold, well, that's what you get. If you give 60-fold attention to it, that's what you get. If you give 100-fold, that's what you get. Now, the good thing with God, he's so good, he starts you off at 30%. Your bank doesn't do that. Your bank may charge you 30%, but they're going to give you 3% or 0.03%. God says, you know, I'm so good, I'll start you off at 30%. Amen. For all those lazy Christians out there, may God give you at least 30%. Amen. And then for all you who are trying, 60%. And for those who are running, my God, give you a hundredfold in Jesus' name. Because to him that has, it's not a curse. To him, it's, you have to learn biblical principles. To him that has, more shall be given. We are the only group who think we can just start do anything and not apply the word of God. You have to learn the word of God and apply the principles. How does it work? How does it work? Let me ask you a question, please. This question can be answered by this uh, scripture from Philippians 4. This question I'm about to ask you can be answered by the scripture from Philippians 4. And the question is this. When you're anxious, when you're disturbed, when you're worried, when you have a need... According to Philippians 4, what does God say to do with that need or that request? What should you do about that request? According to Philippians 4, let your request be made known to God. Lord, I expect this. Lord, I, I desire the Lord, please help me with this. You know, that you have an expectation, yes? God says, tell me about it. Talk to me about it. Some people don't get because they don't pray. That's in James 4. They don't ask, so they don't get. That's a principle that guides the word. Some people don't get because they don't ask. Then another principle says, some people ask all right, but they also don't get because their motives are wrong. That's another guideline in the Bible. <laughs> are you following this? You're learning something. The principles that guide. So anyway, in Philippians 4, watch this though. He says, if you're troubled, if you're disturbed, if you, if you have a need, any request, let it what? Be made known to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will protect or keep guard over your heart and your mind, right? Okay, but something that's missing there that we need to put in is this. Let your request be made known unto God with thanksgiving. The thanksgiving part is often missing in people's prayers. Let's take marriage, for example. Lord, I just don't get, I don't get this man. You know, when you're upset with your husband and you're praying, you know, it's no longer darling, honey, pumpkin, you know, sugar. What's the other ones? You know, sweetie pie, babe. 
or their name. It's no longer that. It's, I, don't, I don't get this man. Now your husband is this man. It's like when our, our youngest daughter was five years old, wants to go to McDonald's. She asks mom. Mom says no. She says to mom, she's my, my princess. Just, I'm, I'm going to go ask my old daddy. So my princess comes. But she forgot, or she didn't know we have this rule. Mom and dad, no matter what it is, as far as before the kids are concerned, we are a united front. If we disagree about something, we'll talk about that later privately. But in front of the children, we are united. They didn't know that. So she goes, she, you know, with an attitude, I'm going to go ask my own daddy. And I heard that. So she comes to ask her own daddy. She asked, and I said no, with an attitude. So mom says, what did dad say? She said, Atta said no. <laughs> now I got to tease you at this point. She proved that she was a true woman indeed. I got, I got to tease the women now. I was my own daddy when I was going to give her McDonald's. Do you know how you get the sweetest, I love you, baby, when you produce a diamond? How come all the other days we don't get the same? <laughs> That's just teasing you all. Okay, I'll leave that alone. Anyway, Philippians 4 says, if you have that need, you got to ask God, and you got to put in what? Thanksgiving. Let me show you that. I think we're in Philippians, right? So it's easy to do this. Just flip to chapter 4. You learned something today? Okay, Philippians 4, verse 6. Be anxious for nothing, but in everything. How many things? Everything. By prayer and supplication with thanksgiving. Another Bible says with gratitude. Has anybody been grateful and it's full of animosity and anger? No. When you're thankful, you're smiling. Do you catch it? I want you to see this. A lot of the time when people are going through a, a difficult time, the missing link to their expectation becoming their reality is this. What's the missing link? There's no joy. Are you, are you with me? This is, this is powerful if you catch it. It's powerful. When you're going through a difficulty, what Satan wants you to focus on your, your, your problems and how, you know, this man is just, God, I don't get this man. I don't get this man. And I'm telling you, naturally at that time, you don't feel happy and you don't feel like smiling. And you just don't feel like being grateful. But you don't walk by feelings. As a child of God, did you forget that? Or you only quoted it to your friend. And when, when it comes to you, <laughs> you, 
You don't think that scripture applies to you at that time? Well, when else are you going to use that scripture? Come on, people. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly, speaking to yourselves, admonishing one another, psalms, hymns, spiritual songs, making melody in your hearts to God. Don't lose your melody. Don't lose your song. The Lord is your salvation, and he's your song of victory and deliverance. Don't lose your song. I pray that somebody will catch this thing today. Paul and Silas are in prison. You've read it. You've heard sermons about it. But perhaps what you didn't catch is this. They are in prison. They are going through a hard time. And they prayed to God and sang praises. The singing of the praises is their joy. You need joy to help you break through. You need that spirit of joy to loose you from what is sitting on top of you. To break the power of the spirit of heaviness. You need the oil of joy. You need the spirit of joy. The same Holy Spirit anointing will destroy that yoke. And that same Holy Spirit anointing will renew the face of the earth. Renew the face of your marriage. Renew the face of the business. Will renew. The power of God will move over the earth. And then God says, light and light will be, and the darkness will flee. That joy, the manifestation, you know, bridging, or as Reverend Janice said, collapsing. This is what I expect, and what I see. To bridge the gap, one of the missing links is what? Joy. People have set joy aside. They're quoting the scriptures all right. But there's no joy. Bring the joy back. I'm not talking about happiness. Happiness is not joy. Happiness is external. Joy is internal. Joy is a fruit of the spirit. Joy is this. God loves me no matter what. Joy is this. I have eternal life through Jesus Christ. Joy is this. God is with me. God's promise is yes. God's promise will come to pass. His word to me gives, brings me joy. He speaks to my heart. Talks to me tenderly. Despite what I'm going through. And that gives me joy. And with that joy. You begin to dance around. In your kitchen. And this man. Who is getting on your nerves. Who is upset. And thinks that you have to be moody and grouchy. Is saying like. What's making her so happy? He's thinking. He's not asking but he's thinking. And then he goes back and forth and and you still, you still have your joy. They are like, how come she's not crying? What's going on? I think what I'm doing is not working. Well, let me join her if you can't defeat them. Amen. Let the spirit of Christ that is in you bring your unsaved husband to Christ. Because you walk in the joy of the Lord. And Satan cannot steal your marriage. He cannot steal your expectations. Listen, gentlemen, if Satan cannot steal your joy, he cannot steal your goods. How can you bind, how can you take a strong man's house and his goods unless you first bind that strong man? Some of you have been bound by the devil because you let him steal your joy. We pray all right, but there's no thanksgiving. There's no gratitude. Listen to Jesus pray. 
Father, I com complete this for me. Father, I thank you that you have heard me. But watch this. Father, I thank you. Look at Jesus' prayer. It's amazing. Before he talked to us, he said, Father, I thank you. Read Paul's prayers. Thanks be to God. I thank my Lord Jesus. Everything. You can't keep a person like that down. Because he's filled with the joy of the Lord. Are you getting this? And that joy pushes what you expect into manifestation. That joy shrinks the gap between your expectation and the manifestation. That joy squeezes it. It shrinks it in the spirit realm. It shrinks it. And your expectation materializes. Oh, yes. So there was a reason why Paul and Silas, after prayer, they sang praises. Count it all joy. Consider it pure joy when you go through diverse trials. Why? The trial of your faith will lead to what? Patience. Let patience have her perfect work. And when patience has her perfect work, and faith is doing his work, all things being equal, when faith and patience, his and her, come together, there'll be a child. There'll be a manifestation of your expectation. This is scripture that I put together. Through faith and patience, Hebrews 6.12, we inherit what God promised. Yeah, come next week for that part. All right, let's conclude this. Romans 15. Romans 15, power scripture. Oh, and then we're going to conclude with our text scripture from Philippians and pray. Romans 15, 13. Romans 15, 13. So, so far, you find the word of God, the first part of the series, you pray for the spirit supply or support of the spirit of Christ breaks the yoke, the anointing destroys the yoke, and there's a manifestation of what you expect. And then you got to meditate on the word of God. You remember the mod squad, M-O-D? Yes, people? M is what? Meditate. O is observe. And D is what? Do it. Yes? Joshua 1. That's how you prosper. Meditate on the word. Observe to, to do it. Yes? You make your way prosperous and have good success. Remember that? Okay, and today what's our main point? The main ingredient we need to insert into what we're doing. The menu. You know, what we're, we're cooking. You know, what we need to add to it to complete, at least for now. We need joy. Yes? Are you following me? Okay. So Romans 15, verse 13. Now, now may the God of hope, you can replace hope with a word, what? Expectation. So this is actually where I got my title from, you know, God of expectations. And I called it great expectations because he's a great God. Now may the God of hope fill you with what? 
all joy, underline joy, J-O-Y, joy and peace in what? Believing. Take God as his word. Trust him. Have faith. Believe. Faith comes right here and hearing God's word. Believe in God. The God of hope. So hope actually comes from who? God. The God of expectations. Fill you, first of all, fill you with all joy and peace in believing. Why? To what end? Come on, people, look at it. So that, in order that, come on, look at it. So that you may what? Abound in hope. He's seen it. Through the power of the Holy Spirit. There's the Holy Spirit again. You have hope. Hope is what? Expectation. Now God says, I don't want you to just have expectation. I want you to actually abound in expectation. Okay. Uh, English major. Somebody give me another word. Synonym for expectation. Overflow. Overflow. Yeah? Can, will that do? Come on, people. It's just simple. Abound. To abound in something. Is that good? Overflow, yeah? Okay. So let's do it. God says, okay, every, I, want, I need you to get this. Now may the God of hope fill you with what? All joy and peace. The reason why that needs to come first is because God wants your hope to overflow. But that which will get the hope to overflow is you must first have joy and peace. There are people who have expectation, but the expectation is not bubbling over. Okay, that's good. Another word, bubbling over. It's not overflowing. You know, it's not bubbling over and manifesting, pouring out of the spirit realm, out of expectation into manifestation. It's not happening because of what? What's lacking? They need joy and peace. Did you get it today? Right. Praise God. So we're going to go. I'm going to use uh, my, my sister here, Mrs. Data, as an example because she already does it. I see her do it all the time. She's going to go now and go back home and be like her, you know, in the kitchen. You ever see how she prays? All by herself. Sometimes you come and there may be a few, there's nobody, one or two people. Or, um, I'm sitting over here and she's over there and she's like all by herself, you know, hands up and she's just worshiping God and talking to God and all that. And sometimes I'm like, hands don't get tired because I saw her at the beginning and at the end she was still worshiping like that. So today, when you go home, go to your kitchen and be like, our dear sister. Hallelujah. Fixing, fixing lunch, yeah? For the family. Praise God. Go and change the atmosphere. The sour atmosphere in the home. Go and change it. Go and change the sour atmosphere in the bedroom. Go and change it. Now lift your hands and worship. Praise God. I lift my hands in the sanctuary. Create a sanctuary right there. Amen. What I'm saying is that let the joy that is in you bubble over. Look at it. That's what God says. He says, now may the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing. So that 
in order that to the end that for the purpose or objective that you may what? Abound, bubble over, overflow so that it will spill out. The, the expectation will manifest through the power of the Holy Spirit. The kingdom of God is righteousness. It is what? Joy. And it is peace in the Holy Spirit. Where's your joy now? Get it. I pray that a God of hope, of great expectations, will fill you today with joy. Joy unspeakable and full of glory. Get it back. God loves. Say to yourself, God loves me. I'm the head and not the tail. I'm above and not beneath. My God is bigger than this diagnosis. I thank my Lord Jesus Christ that by his stripes I am healed. My feet may be hurting, but I praise God that the resurrection power of Jesus Christ has made alive my mortal body and is quickening me by the Holy Ghost every day. The joy of the Lord is my strength, and I praise you that this strength is driving sickness, is driving infirmity out. And now my body is responding. My finances are responding. The marriage is responding. The children are responding to the joy of the Lord in the house, in the family. Not the sourness, not the anger, not the hostility, hostility not the hatred, not the racism, not all the negative rhetoric. They don't, your, that environment, your, your home doesn't need that. Your unsaved loved ones don't need to hear about the problems you have with people in church. They don't need that. They need to see you come home from church joyful. And that joy has affected you. Praise God. You're like a little child. You can't, you can't even stand still. You ever seen how children are just, just, just jumping, just excited, just happy? Yeah. Ladies and gentlemen, people want to be around people who are Excited, who are happy, who are joyful. Amen. Don't let your loved ones run away from you. Because you're always like this. Moody, crouchy, baptizing vinegar. That is not God's portion for you. Now I pray that the God of hope, of expectations, may he fill you today, ladies and gentlemen, with joy and peace. It's supernatural, joy. The joy of the Lord. Jesus says, I give that to you. My joy and my peace, the world can't take away from you. I give you my joy because I've given you my word. Receive it. Amen. And this joy causes you to bubble over, abound, overflow in great expectations manifesting. So your expectation is the healing of the body will manifest. Your expectation is that financial breakthrough that you needed for the past 20 years to fulfill that dream that God gave to you which you shrunk and reduced because you looked at your resources. Today you have changed. You say now the God factor Holy Ghost will do it. God of great expectations.
Hallelujah. He would do it. Amen. Great expectations. He would do it. My God would do it. So get ready to pray. And remember, we're going to pray, bringing that request to God with thanksgiving with gratitude, with praise to God, with a joyful heart, a joyful spirit. The expectation that you have will manifest because you have brought joy into the equation. I pray that you caught that today. That's my main point. If you caught it, God bless you. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. Yes, give him praise, somebody. Give him praise, somebody. Hallelujah. 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 Praise God. So you're going to go home. You're going to be like Mrs. Date. Is your last name Date, right? Yes, you're going to be like her. It's just an example. Amen. Or if that son feels like you've been disappointed with him, today when you go back home, be different. Don't talk about the issue that you've been disagreeing on. Don't discuss it. Act like, you know, there's, there's nothing. Say, you know, son... Let's, let's go, something that will even shock them. Maybe you haven't gone out for lunch with them for a while. Or something you do with them, you used to do, until the problem came up, right? Go back home today and do that thing. Let the joy in you affect them. Don't discuss anything. And sometimes they'll be watching you, like, what's going on? Why is mom like that? You know? And then a little later on, they'll say, what, what did pastor preach? When they say, what did pastor preach? They say, yeah, the God of great expectations is going to do, do it for us. And you say, son, I know the dreams you have. God's going to do it for you. Don't worry, baby. God's going to do it for you. Or maybe it's your husband or it's your wife. You know, are you understanding me? Go and act on what I preach today. Go and do it. Go and do it. We pray today, but go and do it. Go and let the joy push the expectation into manifestation. I tell you, it's going to happen. It's going to happen. You're going to come next week? We're going to see it. We're going to see more. Amen. Now, I'm going to pray this prayer for you. Which Jesus saw and prayed and received. Hebrews 12 says, for the joy that was ahead of him, Jesus endured the cross. He suffered the shame. What was the joy? His joy of seeing you saved. His joy of giving you that eternal life. His joy that one day you're going to live with God forever and ever. Yes. His joy that you can have God's nature now, even in this world. His joy that you reflect God's glory. Yes. So, though he was ridiculed, he was rejected, denied, betrayed, took it all. For the joy ahead of him, he endured. Do you see that? I want to pray that for you today. Amen. Because I see your victory. I see your breakthrough. I see the manifestation of all the dreams God gave to you. Come on, people. Let's go with God. See it. I want you to see it. See that impossible thing made possible by God. See it. See it. See it. See it. 
See it. It is not by your might. It's not by your power, but by the spirit of the Lord. Can you see? Can you see that grandchild opening up to Jesus? That granddaughter, can you see them? Ministering like Reverend Janice. Can you see that? Oh, Kamadori Ambas. Libi Antakrasto Brando Fabas. Yes, yes, yes. Lift your voice and begin to pray. Right there in your house, wherever you're watching today's program from, begin to pray. I want you to pray with joy and say, Lord, I thank you for salvation. I thank you for healing. I thank you that I'm saved in my household. I thank you. Your joy is my strength. This is not the day to be sorrowful. Oh, there are difficulties and challenges in this world. I know, I know, I know. But I refuse I refuse, I refuse, I refuse to weep. I refuse to be burned by sorrow. I am challenged by this thing, but my God is bigger. My God is greater. Hallelujah. There may be death coming to that business. Death appearing, coming to that marriage. Death coming to that body. But you say with God, I will live and not die. You say with the Lord Jesus, live, live, live. Hallelujah. Can you see that for yourself? Can you see yourself fulfilling God's purpose? Fulfilling God's plan for your life? Oh yes, there are many more decades ahead of you. Because there are many more people yet to hear the gospel of Jesus from your lips, from your mouth. There are many more decades ahead of you. You're not dying now. You're going to live. For you to live as Christ. For you to live as Christ. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Begin to pray and begin to declare life over your life. I'm going to live to fulfill God's purpose, God's design. I thank you for it, Lord. I thank you for my salvation. I thank you for my healing. I thank you for long life. I thank you for vigor. I thank you for vitality. I thank you for manifesting my dreams. Your dreams for my life. I thank you that the plans you have for me, plans of welfare to give me a future and an expected end. I thank you for their manifestation. I give you honor. I give you glory. I give you praise in the name of the Lord Jesus. I see myself leaping and jumping. That knee problem is gone. The leg problem is gone. The pain in the back is gone. I see myself leaping and jumping. Can somebody see that? Can somebody see that? and begin to rejoice begin to rejoice in the name of the Lord Jesus rejoice in the Lord that victory is yours rejoice in the Lord that the breakthrough has come rejoice in the Lord that the deliverance has come the rescue has come makatari ilibikando zaturi andeya reimatuzimbru kutanda bahaya ilei katuri bazunde famanduri kitoza panduli bikaya I give you praise I give you thanks in the name of the Lord Jesus if you are facing a midnight hour in your life, it doesn't matter what. Maybe in your business, your career, your profession, there's a midnight hour or your ministry. Things are not going well. I want you not only to pray, 
but also to give thanks to God, to give thanks to God, to offer gratitude to God. You need to be joyful about that situation. You need to be joyful in glory. I want you to begin to rejoice over that grandchild, over that grandson, that granddaughter, over your child. I want you to rejoice. Come on, people. You got to do it. In the name of Jesus. You lost that house. It doesn't matter. Now begin to rejoice over the houses. Ah, come on, today. <laughs> Ileri andori bazaita peri andaya Ilebikanto zaita peri bakuri bataya Ilebahanto zaita peri bakani bitaya In the name Jesus We can't always lay hands on people Thank you sir But God can lay his hands on you I want to pray for people today in the sanctuary I just want you to be comfortable. Don't worry about it. I'm not going to put hands on you. If you don't want me to put hands on you, that's fine. Don't worry about it. Please, no judgment. Just be free and just raise your hands and you can receive. But God put in my spirit to minister this to you. Keep expecting. Go at it. Go do it. I saw two people confirmed to me this morning. Two days ago, God gave me that message. And I said, Lord, I only want to preach what and teach what you want. Is this really what you want? And he confirmed it. Two people appeared to me. And they're just pleading, give me another chance. Give me another chance. Give me another chance. Amen. One was a woman, one was a man. They're talking to God. It was not to me. It's like, come down to Macedonia and help us, that kind of vision that God showed me. And God, so God was, because I prayed before going to bed, like, God, give me a confirmation that this is really what you want me. And he showed me that. God is saying, don't give up on your expectation. Amen. But what you want to do is add joy to the prayer. Don't, don't be like, oh my God, I don't know what's going on. No, no. No, Lord, I give you thanks. I give you praise that the victory is mine. You are mighty. You are glorious. Despite the deadness of Sarah's womb and my age, I believe God. It shall be unto me as God said. I'm a father of many nations. That's what you do. Then you do what Abraham did, giving glory to God. Rejoicing, give glory to God. Abraham did that. Give glory to God in the midst of that situation. Then the manifestation will come in the name of Jesus. Everywhere in the scriptures, if you take time to study it, you see it. Mary said, let it be unto me according to your word. And you know the next thing is, she said, my spirit rejoices in the Lord, my Savior. My soul magnifies the Lord. She began being joyful. You catch it. Don't miss it. It is the joy that will cause the overflow. The expectation to manifest. It is the joy. What has been missing is the joy. What has been missing, ladies and gentlemen, is the joy. Today, I want you to rejoice. God gave you that business. 15 years ago, he gave you that business. 
so that you fund the kingdom of God. The devil will not steal that business. Don't be sorrowful about it. Don't be anxious. A lot of things have gone on, I know. But today we move from death to life. Death to life. You're going to say, I will live and not die. This business will live and thrive. This ministry will touch the nations. This child will fulfill her destiny. Have you been blessed today? Lift your hand. Let me pray for you. In the name of Jesus Christ. In the name of Jesus Christ. In the name of Jesus Christ. I'm going to pray for you. And then as I pray for you all over the world and the people in the sanctuary, if there's anybody in the sanctuary, please, again, I'm going to say this. If there's anybody in the sanctuary who would actually like for me to lay hands on them and you are comfortable with that, you can come forward. Don't come if you are uncomfortable with it. Don't feel pressured to do it. God will touch you where you, still, where you are. Amen. I am not afraid of anything. Actually, I've been vaccinated, but I'm still not afraid of anything. So I'm not afraid to lay hands on you and pray for you, and I'll do that. Amen. Just because of where I am in the spirit and ministering. Because Jesus did that. You understand? So in that place, you can minister to the leper, and, and everything will be okay. So I minister to you. Amen. But it doesn't mean that, you know, as Christians, you should not go wear your mask or get your vaccine or do. You understand that? Yeah, does that make sense to you? Just because God protects you doesn't mean when you're driving, you shouldn't open your eyes and, and look on the road. Yeah. Okay. So, yeah, don't say God protects me. So, I don't do any vaccine or I don't do a mask or that kind of reasoning is. Anyway, you, you get the point. But I'm going to pray for everybody that God will touch you and everybody in the sanctuary as well. But somebody here wants me, lay, wants me to lay hands on them. Please come, especially where this word applies to you, where you were maybe giving up, but you have been recently, or maybe even today, what God told me applied to you that I, I got to keep expecting. I got to go at it again. Others went ahead of me, but it doesn't matter. I'll run my race. If that applied to you, want me to lay hands on you, please come forward when I start praying. Do you get that? Okay. But everybody now, all online, in your homes, you want to open your hand like you're receiving. And so you're going to open like you're receiving. My hand is going to be like I'm giving. So don't do what I'm doing because I'm giving. But you've got to open your hand like when you're receiving something. So all over in your homes, uh, your living rooms, wherever you are, you just open your hand like you're receiving from God. All right? God bless you. Yes, and even the sanctuary. Yes, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. So I'm going to pray for everybody. Everybody. Amen. And as I pray, if I need to lay hands on you, you can just come forward also. All right? Father, I thank you for these hearts that are lifted up, not to man, but to God. Their hands lifted up, oh God, they are an extension of their heart lifted up to you. He said to us in Philippians 4, let your request be made known to God. 
with thanksgiving. Prayer, supplication with thanksgiving. Father, I give you thanks. I give you thanks for their lives. I give you thanks for their generations, for their families. You said we are saved in our household, so I thank you for their household. Those who are married, I give you thanks for their spouses. Those who desire to be married, I give you thanks for the people that they will marry. Protect them, build a hedge of protection around them. Keep them sanctified them set apart for God and for that spouse that they will be connected to connected with in the name of the Lord Jesus today I pray that you pour into God's people the spirit of joy the spirit of joy and the spirit of peace the peace that passes all understanding Whatever the doctor said, whatever the diagnosis and the current prognosis, I pray today that the peace, the shalom of God, where nothing is missing, nothing is broken, but wholeness and healing and soundness come. Let that shalom be their portion. May God sanctify your temple of God. Your body is the temple of the living God. The Lord sanctify your body right now. And those of you who are born again, where you live, because you're sanctified, your home is also set apart for God. I pray for the peace of God to enter that home. May God who said into whichever house we enter, to speak our peace and let our peace remain. May that same God cause his peace to come into your home right now. In Jesus' matchless name. And may his peace drive out contention, arguments, the spirit of strife. I commend division and the spirit of strife, anger and hatred. Out! Out! In Jesus' mighty name. Out. Out. Strife, pride, and contention. Get out. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Turn the hearts of daughters to their mothers. I just heard that. That's why I'm praying. Somebody needs it. I heard that. God's turning the hearts of daughters to their mothers. I just heard that. Somebody receive it. Somebody receive it right now. That contention is gone. The ice melts. It's gone. Now, in Jesus' name. That spirit that is causing that young man to rise in your heart against your father. What makes you think that you know more than your father? And makes you rebel. That spirit of rebellion, I rebuke it in Jesus' name. And I command you, lose your grip on that young person. Now, in Jesus' name. The obedience of Christ 
be that child's portion. The obedience of Christ be your son's portion. In the name of Jesus. Melt at hardness. And I pray now for fruit. A hundredfold, a hundredfold, a hundredfold. Unity in the family. A connection between father and son. Receive it now. There's wholeness. There's a breath of fresh air. New wind is blowing. Holy Spirit, blow over God's people. Blow over God's people. Lord, bring forth the spices of God. The fruit of the spirit, love, joy, peace, gentleness, meekness, temperance. Oh, In the name that towers over the issues, the mountains, the problems in your life. The name of Jesus of Nazareth. I pray that the hand of God will touch you. Even as I stretch my hand towards you, may the hand of Jehovah touch you in the name Jesus. The Lord become your shepherd that you lack not in Jesus' name. That's it. He says you will not lack. He says you will not lack. The Lord says, I heard that, you will not lack. You will not lack. You will not lack any good thing. Because he provides. Somebody thank God for being Jehovah Jireh to them. The Lord your provider. Somebody thank God for being more than enough. Oh, somebody thank God for being more than enough to them. More than enough. More than enough. More than enough. More than enough. The hand of God rests upon you from the crown of your head to the soles of your feet. More than enough health. Healing for you, strength for you, vitality for you. May the hand of God rest upon you and give strength, health to your body. In Jesus' mighty name, the hand of God anoint your head with oil. And may your portion, your portion, your cup run over in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. I thank you, Father. I thank you, Elder Max. May I borrow you for a second, please? Just quickly stand behind this gentleman here. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. The hand of God touch you, those in the sanctuary. Those that I'm not touching, physically touching. Not me, but God touch you. God touch you. You know, in the Bible, he says, lay hands. So that's provided in the scriptures. We can't always do that. And that's okay. That's fine. The hand of God touch you. The hand of God touch you. The hand of God touch you. Whatever you come for, the hand of God touch you and give it, give it, give it to you. In the name of the Father, in the name of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, by the faith of God, I declare it done. Rest, rest in his glory. Rest in the name of Jesus. I pray for your wife also in the name of Jesus of Nazareth. 
Kavasanda Bakarianda Basande Bekeya Liri Ande Bakuri Andasikeya Tibriande Brakuzi Bataliende Bakuri Bazindes Sprahande Beketo Zike Begas. You know what I'm looking for, right? Kaberindo Zatakari Bikanda Baziketas. Brindas, we did this before. So you know what I'm looking for, right? Thank you, Lord Jesus. 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 Thank you, husband and wife. I pray for you. And as I pray for you, I pray for marriages of God's people in this ministry and people around the world. In Jesus' name, the Lord give to you your heart's desire. I pray for a manifestation of your expectation. And so God fill you with joy and peace in believing. <laughs> Let there be an overflow in Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord Jesus. 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 Blessing of the Lord rests on people. God, God's moving in your homes. God's moving. Yes, I'm praying for people. I wipe my hands before I pray for the next person with, you know, uh, that detergent or whatever it is they call it. You get it. Anyway, we're practicing safety. Just, I want people to be comfortable. All right. But God's moving in your homes. God's moving. <laughs> the God of hope. God of expectation. God expects great things. My God, my God, my God. Let it be. Let it be. Good is coming. Good is coming. Good is coming. I hear financial abundance. And that is necessary for your own life and also to help those who are in need or the poor, etc., etc. But also God's kingdom, God's work. I know sometimes people are like, oh, you're preaching the prosperity gospel and they shut off. Not talking about that. I'm talking about your needs being met, you helping people and, and uh, helping the poor. Uh, just supporting God's work. Amen. You know. Put a kid in boarding school that I don't know, picking up from the street. Takes money to do that. And he still doesn't want to listen. It gets frustrating. But you still need money to do that, you know. So that's what we're talking about. We're not trying to say Jesus died for you to have money. But you need, I just heard that. People need some financial breakthroughs. Lord, the expectation of the righteous will not be cut off. And it will not be delayed. It will not be deferred. When the expectation is delayed and deferred, it makes the heart sick. Some people even get physically sick, heart, heart broken, and heart trouble. We 
which he said, let not your heart be troubled. Heal the hearts of people, heal their bodies, heal their marriages. But Lord, heal their finances today. Give them a deluge of financial abundance, miraculously. The same way you said, in 24 hours, there'll be an abundance for the Israelites, and you did it. Let it be now, in Jesus' name. Let it be, in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 The ministry's bank was going to charge us a certain rate. I forgot what it is, but I'll just give examples. If it was like 4.25, and I just said to the board, why don't you just ask them to drop their 0.25 and make it four? And the next day, within 24 hours, the bank said, okay. Just like that. He just said, okay. That's God. That's God. That's God. Amen. A businessman called me about a business. The door has, had been shut. And uh, I said, no, I agree with you for the open door. In Jesus' name. And that was it. And just like that, he called me back. Same day, you know, and said 15 minutes later. The same people who had said the door was closed. Fifteen minutes later, they talked and they said, door is open. Just like that. And then I started thinking to myself, you know, you have to pay attention to the things that you just say. Because it's like, you just say it and it happens. Amen. The Lord showed me, said, pray against this. So this past week, I prayed against that there will be no slips in the bathroom, no slips, no falls. Slipping. I know my voice is now a little hoarse. It's a slip and fall. I could tell from your, you know, I think you're thinking in Spanish. You, you get my English? To slip and fall. Okay. So God gave me that revelation, and I prayed against it. And then the next day, I get a a text uh, from one of the members, you know, I won't go into details because they, they said, uh, they, I guess they don't want anybody to figure out that they were that clumsy, but it's like, you know, in the bathroom. And uh, thank God, the, the only thing that got bruised, and we laughed over it, the only thing that got bruised was her ego. Amen. Reverend Janice, God is so good, you know. I said, praise God, God delivered you. And then I started thinking to myself, that was just like 24 hours. God's moving. God's moving. So I know I kept you for long, but this is just something you put, my heart, uh, put in my heart. Receive that money for whatever needs to be done. In Jesus' name. Go help people. Amen. Go help people. Build that house. Build that orphanage. Just receive that money. Amen. Amen. My brother and I have, vaccin have been vaccinated. I'm going to tease him. He owes me, uh, what they call it, auditorium? Yeah. This man owes me an auditorium in Ghana. You remember I promised me a long time ago, right? Yeah. What's that? Yeah, he said yes. So the, it has not changed. It doesn't matter how long. 
I go, it's not changed. <laughs> so may God give you uh, this money thing God told me about today. Receive it. Amen. So, so he can build me the <laughs> auditorium. <laughs> Amen. Lord, I thank you. I thank you for Elder Max. Increase him. For this, just this heart that he has, not only for world missions ministry, but your kingdom. Increase him. Increase him. Increase him. Is it time I close? And you just stand behind him. You're okay. If both of you sit down, it's fine. <laughs> Thank you, Lord. Increase him. I pray. Increase him. Increase him. Increase him. Says the Lord, there's a new wind blowing, bringing an abundance into your life. And there shall be a new fragrance about you. A new fragrance. It's a fragrance of abundance of the Lord. This shall be your portion. And people shall say, only God has done this. And they will give me the living God, the honor and the glory, says the Lord. God bless you, sir. In Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Give him praise, somebody. Hallelujah. Praise God. Praise God. All right. I close the online service. The Lord bless you. The Lord keep you. The Lord watch over you. Cause his face to shine upon you. May the very God of peace sanctify you. Complete, entirely, holy. Your whole spirit, soul, and body be preserved from hurt and harm and blameless. In the name of the Lord Jesus, I commend you to God. And to the word of his grace that is able to keep you and build you up and give you your inheritance among the saints in light. The God of hope, of great expectations, cause your expectations to come to pass. May he fill you with joy and peace in believing him that against hope, you will believe in hope. To experience the manifestation of God's promises in your life. May you abound and overflow in expectations. And by the power of God's spirit that is at work within you. The Lord do exceedingly, abundantly, above all you have prayed for. Asked him for. Desired and dreamt about. The Lord do it by his spirit for you. In Jesus matchless name by the faith of God I call it done somebody said amen amen God bless you so much God bless you and everybody online give to God through this ministry other ministries but if this ministry is a blessing to you please give and the Lord bless you I just want to release you to go but give and may God give unto you, cause men to give unto you, press down, shaking together, running over. In Jesus' name. Information is going to be on your screen as to how to give to God through this ministry. It's going to be on your screen right now. So God bless you. You can give online or by mailing a check or by Zelle transfer. It's going to be on there. The Lord bless you. Amen. Thank you. Praise the Lord.